resources of any nature, technical, professional, personal, should do. You should feel like wherever they are, they're there to support you and have your back and make you better. Trusting that we have what it takes and that even if we do things in a different way, that that's, that's still okay. I guess it's a tangible task management system. Then I do. And you owe me an apology. I'm not apologizing for that. You were a supermarket badass. I would yeah. never think of doing something like that, but that is oh, yeah. pretty smart. Taste test the grapes, everything. I'm not, I take no chances on what I bring back. You're really Absolutely a pro. Not. Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in the digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside of you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So Steve, do you have your note ready? I do. My one note ever in any podcast that we've ever done. You're very come, excited I, about I've this. I've come prepared for this. Yes. I come prepared with my post-it note. I'm ready to go. Well, what does your note say? Oh, wait, before we get into the note thing, can I share what you shared with me, um, I guess it was like last week Yeah. when we were on Google Hangouts. Yeah. All right. So in our last episode, we talked about motivation and ways that we stay motivated. And we kind of went down the rabbit hole as to methods that we use to stay motivated in our work. We talked about progress charts and Steve was so proud of himself and excited because he's going through this busy time at work and trying to get through editing a bunch of things. And he's like, yes, you know, I actually came up with this whole system for keeping track of things and marking my progress. And it was like revolutionary for you and like your personality, because it's not something you typically do. And then we get on this call and I say, hey, how is how is your progress going? How is, you know, all, all your editing? And you're like, it's going great. Do you want to see my my system? And he holds up. A post-it note, a single post-it note with a bunch of cross-offs on it. I'm like, that's right. This can't possibly be this this system that you were so proud of. It absolutely is the system. But then you you did later reveal that it was it was a part of the system. It's a it is a part of the system. My whole desk looks like a like some kind of Andy Warhol uh, exhibit, <laughs> artistic exhibit. It's just post-it notes, you know haphazardly placed but somehow when you look at it you're like well he must know what he's doing so <laughs> this guy is obviously very busy he has a lot right. going on <laughs> right i keep this really like angry look on my face everybody around the office just thinks he's so busy yes yeah but then you actually did reveal you do have a somewhat legit adult looking yes. spreadsheet calendar yes. thing absolutely that the post-its go hand in hand with yes i just keep that one hidden because you don't want to I ruin mean, your like your reputation for being like a non-organized person. Right, right. I I've come this far. I feel like I have to continue this persona as far as I can. So well, secrets out now. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that is the downside of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, back to the single post-it note with your one thought that you're bringing to the table for this podcast. What does yeah. it say? It says it's got one word on it. Oh, it only has one word? 
one word for one. That's why I have so many post-its. I just put one word. <laughs> it says people. Post-it note says people. And we're talking about resources um, in this episode. And you can categorize resources in any way you want. Um, some of them are technical resources. Some of them are a little bit more substantial in terms of what we do on a day-to-day basis and how it helps get us through certain you know, obstacles uh, in our professional lives. But my biggest resource that I have and that I utilize on a day-to-day basis are the people around me, um, the people I trust, I feel like I invest in, um, not just the people I manage who I think help me be better at what I do because I get to learn from them, but the people I think are above me in terms of ability, um, expertise level. Those are the ones that I think I rely on the most. I mean, we've talked in the past about having your, you know, having your squad around you, having people who you can lean on and who you can trust and people who are like you. Not everybody in this and who I would say are resources of mine or people I necessarily feel like are in that tribe, but I respect them and, you know, their ability levels and what they provide me as a professional are, I couldn't imagine doing what I do without them. Do you have people in your life who help you and what you do that you couldn't imagine doing what you do without them around? Absolutely. I mean, the first two people that come to mind are the people who legitimately help me run my business. Like I pay them to help me run my business. And that's my uh, virtual assistant, Mandy, who really just takes on any task that I throw her way. A lot of it is social media scheduling. That's kind of the bulk of her workload. Um, But also my sister, Allison, who I've talked about on this podcast before, who pretty much runs and manages my Etsy shop. Um, I'm pretty hands-off at this point. I mean, we are in a lot of communication because, you know, sometimes she'll have questions and will want me to kind of like make the call as to how to handle it. But for the most part, she runs the show and we've been doing this together now, I think for maybe two years. And it's, it's been awesome because without her, that shop would be shut down. It would not be running period because I just, I wouldn't have the time to do it. So definitely thankful for them too. And also just a network, I guess, of, of friends I would consider to be resources. I mean, they're definitely people that I go to um, if I have certain questions about certain topics. Like, I don't know, Steve, in your life, do you feel like you have a go-to person for specific areas? Like if you're like, if you have a social media question or if you have a writing question, can you, do people come to mind? Not any one person, but you know, I have people within social and digital who I trust and I feel like add um, some value to that. We've mentioned um, Shane Haggerty before on, on the show, um, who, who's a, a, you know, a, a listener. I was fortunate enough to you know make a connection with him a number of years back through this professional organization that we're both a part of. And Shane just does some great stuff. And uh, he's a good person to be able to bounce ideas off of or, you know, see what he's doing and be like, oh, that's a really, I see what he's doing or where he's going with that. So that always helps. I'm fortunate enough to have some really talented um, writers uh, that I get to work with at, at, uh, in my organization. Um, so I always feel like where I feel like I'm a good writer, I always feel like there's room to improve. So uh, having people around me who are strong writers, um, you know, that definitely helps. I get a chance to work with a team of videographers every day. I oversee this video service that we run 
I'm not a videographer. I mean, I understand what good content looks like and I understand typically what we're trying to produce for audiences, but the technical side of everything is not my strength. Um, so I'm fortunate enough to work with, you know, a couple of videographers too, who are just awesome. Um, and it really helps me, I think, become better at what I do fully knowing what, you know, they're capable of doing, uh, really kind of makes you whole. I mean, that's kind of the whole purpose of really tapping into, these individuals around you, right? I mean, you bring something to the table, but they either bring something else or they strengthen what you already bring to the table. So it can only serve to better you. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you said that you go to other people for writing advice, because I feel like I go to you for writing advice, or you're well, definitely one of the people that come to mind when I, if I'm having a, or I have a question about writing and well, when someone's same. edited or same, but with design, right? I mean, there are certain things that I do for this partnership and yet you could probably run circles around and likely do run circles around everything that, that, that I put together. So like your, your, your subtle suggestions of, okay, don't get mad. (laughs) I was just going to say, don't, (laughs) how many times have I said, all right, don't get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Know your audience, you know, you know, I'm going to get front. No, no, no. It's, um, it's always well received, but I feel like that's the thing. You know, I know I'm working on a piece of content, but I know you have my back. And, yeah. you know, I think that's kind of what, you know, resources of any nature, technical, professional, personal should do. You should feel like wherever they are, they're there to support you and have your back and make you better. Absolutely. So that was a really good thing to start with people. That's probably our one of our most valuable resources, although I'm going to make an argument later in this podcast that there's another one that's probably even more powerful than people, but we'll see what you think about that. But why don't we jump into some boring, maybe not boring, but tools. You're really really selling this one. (laughs) Why don't we jump into like some tools and systems that we might use to do our day-to-day work. Do you do you have a favorite thing that you feel like you could not exist without? Uh there's a lot of stuff that I use for the podcast that I find incredibly helpful whether it's um Adobe Spark, there's some programs that I utilize to create some uh, motion graphics for um our Instagram stories. You know, Canva is a big one. I know you're not necessarily that big of a fan of the Canva yeah, but, I, I mean. Now is it is it now now tell me. I told you the backstory to this, right? Why why I have a little no a little attitude. Okay, first of all, uh, let me preface it by saying this. I think the Canva is actually awesome. It's a great tool. The des- but the designs are really nice, and I have respect for all of that. But mm. I have promoted and plugged Canva before to my audience who might not want to spring for the more expensive design software, or maybe they're just not up to that point yet. So I always include them in my list. And twice this has happened now, Canva has reached out to me asking me to promote them for free. And yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I had already been promoting them for free, but they wanted me to do it in a more extensive sponsored way where I've had other companies pay me to, you know, put the time in and put together a piece of really good content to really showcase all of their features. And both times they were just like, oh no, like kind of gave me the, it'll be good exposure for you speech, which is 
I don't know, at this point in my career, a a little insulting. And, you know, granted, they don't know me. I mean, there is probably just like, you know, canned messages that they're sending to me. But the the fact that it happened twice was like a little bit off putting to me. Was there any part of you that was like flattered that, you know, this this company that, you know, it's very well known reached out to you? No, not really. I think that they okay. reach out to a lot of people. I didn't I didn't take it as that they that they sought me out or I, I actually got the impression that they didn't even know that I already had been promoting them. Mm-hmm. But since I'm I'm talking about this and since these people are awesome, in full disclosure, they have paid for a sponsor post. In fact, I'm working on a sponsor post for them right now. There's another company. It's called the Be Funky. And they have um, kind of like a three-part system that's similar to Canva. They have a photo editor, a collage maker, and a designer that I think can pretty much replace um, Adobe InDesign for if you're a beginner. And yeah, they're they're really awesome. And <laughs> they have paid me to showcase their work. And I've been excited to do it, not just because they've been paying me, because I think it's a good product. And I think that I've done a good job showing off all their bells and whistles, which is why mm-hmm. now I think I've worked with them um, on three different occasions. So alternative to Canva, if you guys want to check it out. But like I said, all of this aside, Canva is awesome and you should keep using them if you use them. You probably don't use Canva for no. design projects. So no. it's more of a simple down and dirty approach to graphic design. Does it take away, do, do tools like this, do you look at it like it's taking away the designability or is it just something that's like, Hey, if, if you can figure it out, go for it. And yeah. it's about the final product. No, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of whatever works for you do that. Mm. It doesn't matter what program you're working in. If you can execute and create a great result, like to me, it doesn't really matter how you got there. And what's funny is I think a lot of people do see Canva as easier to use, simpler to use. But for example, like you sent me that graphic yesterday, which I'm guessing you created in in Canva. Spark. Oh, and Spark. Okay. So similar type of tool Mm -hmm. um, for for what it was, which was just a simple graphic with with text and a simple graphic. It was simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you send it to me. I hope you and meant in the design and not the approach because I put a no, lot no, of thought into No, no, no. I know that. you put a lot of thought into that okay, as you do sure. with everything. Right. So <laughs> Steve sent me this graphic and together we decided that we were going to make a small alteration to it. But <laughs> we did. We did. Yes. <laughs> it was a group project. So Steve needed a graphic that it was a one of our logos that he didn't have. So I'm like, you know what, let me just do this. And one might think, oh, it would be probably easier to do it in Spark or Canva or something. But I didn't do that. I opened up Adobe InDesign and I recreated it in like two seconds because that's where I work faster. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I know. It's kind of second nature to me at this point. So I noticed the color was slightly off from what I submitted. But Oh, you noticed. Oh, I did. <laughs> I forget. I I, I did put some thought into that. I was like, is he going to notice that this isn't like the exact same blue? But I think I like I picked it up from another post that we had done. And then I think I picked the yellow up from the logo itself. <laughs> it looked good. It looked good. No, it was a good team effort. Yeah. So if you guys want to see this, like this graphic that we spent probably too much of the afternoon working on, you're going to laugh when you see what it is. What did you remember what it said? Simplest thing ever. It's uh, uh, 
be curious, be get, cu- curi- get be curious, curious yeah. stay curious, stay, stay curious, stay curious. It has our logo in between it, but just know guys, we put a lot of thought into that. So much thought that we can't remember what the <laughs> hell it said. <laughs> and it was yesterday. That's right. Oh, a little behind the scenes for you guys. All right. So you use Canva, you use Spark. What about, I like, I'm a little bit curious. Do you remember the names of the motion graphics? apps you've been using for the stories because those are super cool and it's kind of a new thing so our listeners might not even be aware that things like that are accessible to them yeah uh, i use this uh, web template web resource called um, it's stories ads s-t-o-r-i-e-s-a-d-s.com presented by shaker they have a lot of neat templates Um, you can customize a lot you can either use still images um, video footage that you may have taken you can incorporate you can add you know text to it a lot of times what I'll do is create certain graphics um, in the dimensions for Instagram stories, you know, either through Canva or through uh, Spark and then save them out, upload them to um, Shaker and kind of design it that way. So there's a few different resources at once that kind of roll into what it takes to make some of those motion graphics. But it's neat. It's it's really neat. For Like I told you before, for somebody who doesn't have depthful video experience, especially with things like Premiere and, you know, I have some experience, but not enough to kind of do something like that. They're really, really helpful. And it makes your product kind of have a little bit more of a professional feel to it. Yeah, definitely. I also want to go back to Adobe Spark, which we briefly talked about, but I have used that myself and I don't think a lot of people realize that it's free to use. It is free to use, right? Online. It's free to use. Yep. And I mean, there's, there's a video component to it, right? And they also yep. have, you know, different templates of pre-sized out, kind of like Canva. I feel like Canva stuff, while it's really helpful, is a little stale at mm-hmm. times. Spark's got new updates to templates almost on a daily basis. So if you don't like exactly what they're giving you, you know, you can customize it or, you know, in a day or two, they're going to come up with something else anyway. So, yeah. And I even used them last year for Facebook ads that had motion in them. So yeah, guys, check out um, Adobe Spark for sure. Yeah. All right. So in the last episode, we went and asked our audience for recommendations on things that keep them motivated. And I really enjoyed that part of the last episode, episode 10. So we thought that that it might be fun to do again for this episode, especially because we're asking for resources. That's a pretty easy answer. So we put this question out to our listeners who follow us on Instagram. And if you guys are not following us yet, you should, because that's probably where we're the most active. At pod for creatives And we had a few people respond to us, and we would like to share what they had to say. Our first person who responded was Andrea from the Creative Spring. First thing that Andrea brought up was Asana, which is a task management system. Steve, I'm guessing you don't use anything like this since you use the Post-its and your brain. Does Post-it count? I guess it's a tangible task management system then i do and you owe me an apology i'm not apologizing for that i gotta save my apologies (laughs) i don't just hand them out especially to you so you were wrong you agreed that you were wrong but you're not going to apologize well i'll say this you don't use a digital task management system fair fair okay so andrea uses asana i have used asana before It's pretty cool. 
Then I started using Trello because that's what my VA was already using. So I just, you know, switched over to, to her system. I thought that that would be easier for her since I didn't really, I wasn't super attached to Asana. Other task management systems, I can't think of any other ones. But yeah, I mean, I think that they're good for just keeping track of projects, especially if you're, if you're working with a team and collaborating, I think that it can be a good way for everyone to stay connected and know that, know their assignments. Does your, what does your team use, Steve? To We got a few things. We got, a, no, we got an intranet um, that it's kind of a, of a, a shared workspace kind of, you know, deal. So you can kind of have some um, project work groups and you can stay assigned with what people are doing and, um, you know, we had documents and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, keep track of dates. We also have a project management system really more for our designers and creative team um, where they keep track of, you know, bigger projects where they can kind of know when projects are coming in, dates, execution, all that other stuff. So um, we have a few of it and I'm, I'm certainly involved with them. It's just not a personal means for, for me to implement that it's in not my for personal you. life. No, no, it's no, no. okay. Thank you. I accept your apology. It still was not an apology. <laughs> Let's move on. The second thing that uh, Andrea brought up was Gmail labels. I don't use Gmail. Do you use Gmail? No, I have a Gmail account, but it's not my primary. I'm actually I'm somewhat embarrassed to say that my personal email is still a Hotmail account. Oh, well, it just it just means you've had email for a long time. I still I think i mean i don't know if it still exists but i still have an aol email address out there somewhere i mean i don't use 30 it 30 at aol.com oh my god nobody Boom. email me please oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just came to me the other day i forgot about that that uh, that handle and the yes i was trying to find the right time to drop it and that just you just served it up that's perfect these are the hazards of podcasting with people who have known you for a long time <laughs> I'm just grateful that I'm, do you remember any of my screen names? No, probably not. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You had a uh, king or kid. Oh, you do remember them. Were okay. there, were there numbers after that? Or was that just, there that was, was, the whole it thing? was, I think it was 46. Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit. That's right. See, I got good memory too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to these notes. Yes. <laughs> back tabs. to, back to Gmail. All right. So neither one of us have good emailing systems, but tags for Andrea is is working well for her mm -hmm. um yeah I got nothing when it comes to email I I have folders that I, I folders. some that I sometimes use but I I mostly just delete most emails that come into my inbox I have coworkers. I even think my my boss does this although I can't be sure but I I have coworkers who have a folder for pretty much every person. everything every person and it just, you know, that's where they file it so they can get it quickly. It's just never been a problem for me. Like if I have a, you know, if I have an inbox and I don't really assign it to a folder and if I need to find that email, I could just search for yeah, the name. I, I could search for a topic way. word and it comes up, you know, everybody's so hell bent on like having a filing system and that's fine that that's your personal choice. It's just never been that big of a hurdle for me. Yeah. And I consider myself to be a pretty organized person. And I, I think that I wish I was more organized when it came to my email inbox, but I kind of, every time I feel like I'm about to put the effort into categorizing things, I fall back on what you just said. I can just search for this if I need to find it. Yeah. I think that's completely fine. And I thought that the last thing that Andre brought up was really interesting, and that is food delivery service. Steve, have you and Rachel done any of these box 
meal prep kit things? No, it's not my thing. I'm more of a, you know, homemade, my own, you know, picking out my own ingredients. And I have a problem with, you know, surprise, surprise, I have a problem with something, but I have a problem (laughs) with like things that are delivered to me that are supposed to be the quality that it's, you know, that I need. I, I know what I want for certain things. So I don't, necessarily bother with that i was actually offered uh like a a week subscription or a week somebody Mm -hmm. had a free week to blue apron and um i turned it down i was just like no that's fine like yeah i don't need i don't need all this food coming to me for free that i really wouldn't have to do much work on i'm gonna just do it my way but thanks there's a little window into my my world make your gravy but do you yeah that's right but (laughs) We'll get back to that in another day. Uh, <laughs> do you make use of these things? Uh, I have. About three years ago, I subscribed to one called Green Chef, which is like one any Blue Apron, like any of these box ones, but it's like all organic food. And it, it didn't exactly work out. I mean, I probably kept it for longer than I should have, but I think it really has to depend on like your family or your, you know, your eating habits, because I feel like, I don't know, the stuff that was coming in, I was never really super excited about it. So I kind of fell back on what you just said. I rather just, I want to be the one to, to pick the menu specifically and just make what I want, even though, even though that means that we have the same things over and over again. So I'm embarrassed to bring this to the table, but since Andrea brought up ordering meals. I, even though I have now stopped ordering meals, now do something a little bit different. And I'm going to come off very lazy by saying this, but I use a service called Shipped occasionally to get my groceries delivered. That is so... It's, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm like, I'm, emba- really I'm embarrassed that like, I am someone with no children who works from home, who makes my own schedule, yet still can't make well, it let's, to the supermarket. No, let's talk about this for a second. So like, what is, the, is it that you just don't like going to the supermarket or is it, is it like, how do you trust that you're getting the quality of stuff that you want? You mean the produce? Cantaloupe's yeah. rolling them down the aisle. <laughs> See the way that one rolls to the left? That one's yes, no good. Yes, that one's no good. <laughs> I mean, you have to trust. I mean, well, I, no, no, no. You have to. I mean, I went to the supermarket like a few days ago. I bought a bag of onions and I got home and they were moldy. So it could happen to me. It could happen to my my shopper. So you're saying the problem with this whole food process is you. <laughs> you can, you trust somebody else's abilities to pick out yeah. produce more so than yours in Probably. the moment. Probably, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of going to the supermarket with the exception of... We don't have a, a Whole Foods that's very close to us. So anytime we go to Whole Foods, it's kind of like a treat and it's an outing. And that I enjoy. But going to Publix, which is our supermarket, which is a lovely store, I just, I, I avoid it. I hate doing it. I hate going. Food shopping is like the highlight of my weekend. Oh, do you want to be my personal shopper? I might. I might actually. Are you good at picking out onions? Well, I guarantee you they won't be moldy. How's that? <laughs> even um, if they're in a bag, even if they're like pre-bagged. Well, like are you talking like like a see-through bag or are you talking about like a paper bag that you can't? No, it was plastic, but it had printing on it. So you could not, I mean, if you, you could open it up and look in, but I didn't do that. Oh, I would open it up and look in. Sometimes you open? <laughs> I open. <laughs> so, sometimes if I actually need 
a single like yellow onion mm -hmm. and they don't have any like singletons laying mm -hmm. out, but they have like the netting bag. Yeah. I will rip open the netting bag <laughs> and grab the one that I need. <laughs> you are a supermarket badass. I would yeah. never think of doing something like that, but that is oh, yeah. pretty smart. Taste test the grapes, everything. I'm not, I take no chances on what I bring back. You're really Absolutely a pro. Not. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> What was the old, what was the Bill Parcells line? If you're going to, if you're going to cook the meal, at least let me shop for the groceries. Like, I feel like that's part of the, that's the whole part of the cooking process. Like if you're going to cook, like I want, I want to say over what's going in. I want to know that it's what I want. I mean, hmm. there's nothing worse than thinking you know, that you have milk and not having it or something like that. Yeah. That happens too. That that's happened before too. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That would just, I could not trust somebody else to, to go and get that stuff. Couldn't do it. You know, the convenience of it is 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 okay. I mean, I've gotten it down when I go grocery shopping now that I You have I can your get, system. I can be in the store and I can get to the store and be home in an hour. Maybe under an hour. That's solid. Um, which I think is pretty that's a pretty good term. You know, that's that's not bad. Yeah, I think I don't know. Um, I'm gonna fall back on this entrepreneur thing because the big time entrepreneurs preach that any time that you're spending doing something is taking away from time that you could be working on your business or they ask you to kind of like put an, put an hourly rate on activities you're doing. So things like laundry, things like cleaning, they say like if you can make more than you would pay another person to do it, you should just pay the other person to do it. But I'm not completely there yet. I mean, I still, I I still do like my own laundry. I still clean my own house. But the grocery thing... I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there's there's a lesson in this and that you need to pick and choose what you're going to spend money on, because obviously there are a million tools out there. And I'm not just talking about grocery shopping here, like when it comes to running our businesses or our, our work, there are so many things that could help us, but we can't pay for all of them. So I think it's important to identify our pain points. And for me in this situation, it's I just don't like going to the supermarket and then be willing to pay for that, but then be willing to put the work in in other areas that you don't really mind doing. But I have to agree with Andrea. I'm not the best at meal planning. I mean, I either like do it, like if I do it Sunday night, I'm good to go. Otherwise, the entire week just falls apart. So yeah. I'm kind of like all or nothing. Like it's either I, it's either all takeout or all very planned. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried like I've tried to make I'm not a big breakfast eater, so it's, you know, usually it's coffee and a banana. Uh, but I've tried sometimes in the beginning of the week to, like, make egg muffins or, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you know in, the, in the muffin tins. And yeah, kind of I'm aware. Do it up. Right. OK. You don't have to get snarky about <laughs> it. And uh, they I don't know. I, I It's like I, I like them on like Monday and Tuesday. They're still good. And Wednesday, I'm just like. Okay, I'm getting a little tired of this. And then, like, I end up throwing most of them out because, you know, I'm not going to eat them Thursday and Friday. It just seems like, you know, it's the same stuff. I don't know. I like variety in it. I like the creative. I guess this is kind of like now that I'm saying it out loud, I guess this is kind of how I am from a creative standpoint professionally, too. Like, I'm not a big scheduler. Uh, no cracks in the post-it notes. Um, I'm not a big scheduler. Uh, even with social content, I like the process of doing it in the moment of, you know, taking, you know, maybe a, a pulse of what's going on, um, in the world and maybe how you can kind of connect something into a piece of content. Um, and many ways I, I, I see that 
with with meal prep too. I'm not necessarily somebody who likes to make a bunch of stuff and just package it out for the week and know it's there. I like coming home. I like, you know, picking up what I need at the store unless I, you know, get it ahead of time, but cooking that day. So everything is always in the moment. Also to relate this to social media, I always have a hard time with the meal planning knowing what I'm going to be in the mood for like five days down the road, like things could change and I don't want to be stuck with that decision. And I think that that is probably the same reason, Steve, that you don't really like using social media schedulers is because things change, things change hourly and you could schedule a post and you know, something could happen in the world that could contradict what you put out there or it could be irrelevant. And, you know, so I, I can understand your thinking behind not wanting to project out that far. That's happened a few times where there's been a, um, you know, a serious situation that's taken place in the world, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, whether it's a, a mass shooting or a bombing or something like that. And I can remember, it's not funny by any stretch of the imagination, but I can remember something taking place, you know, like a Friday and, um, you know, obviously all night Friday and all day Saturday, it was kind of like, you know, a somber mood on, on social media and whatnot. And I had forgotten that I had scheduled something on our work account that was just like, you know, soaking up the sun on this awesome weekend. (laughs) Life has never been better. Our world is a great place. I cringed and I just, you know, yes, could have gone back in and tried to remember it and canceled it or, you know, and I know like even in wake of some of these national and international tragedies, like you know, scheduling apps like Buffer allow you to go back in and cancel or or will remind you if you want to, um, you know, not send something out in light of something like that. But yeah, I just kind of took it from that point on. And I was just like, you know what? Scheduling is just not not for me. There's there's so many other things that take place just besides your your brand message. And you really should be focusing in on your brand message and your audience, but your audience can get distracted, too. And the last thing you want to do is kind of upset your audience or have your audience kind of lose faith in in you if you're tone deaf to a situation. Well, now that you just slammed schedulers, I'm going to plug the scheduler that I use and love called CoSchedule. I love this app because, which it's not really an app, it's it's a service really, because they have something called Requeue. So I have lots of evergreen content. I've been blogging for a long time that I add into Requeue and then those posts get pushed out randomly determined, I don't know, CoSchedule has some kind of algorithm where they're supposed to determine when it's the best time to send it out. Although I don't, I mean, I can't really refute whether or not it's accurate, but it's been great. It's been a kind of a game changer for me. And even working with my VA, um, she will schedule things for me in CoSchedule. So for example, we have Mother's Day coming up. So I went through, gathered up a bunch of old Mother's Day posts that I had shared on my blog and said, can you create a series of social media posts using these, plugging these blog posts? And then she basically clicks this button in in co-schedule that says add to requeue. So now next year for Mother's Day, all we'll have to do is like switch that campaign on and she won't need to do that again next year. So you know, I, I know that there are there are cons to using that system, but for me, it's been great, and I would highly recommend CoSchedule for any content managers, bloggers, small business owners, podcasters. Podcasters, okay. But not Steve. That, it's not for him. Nope, not me. <laughs> so um, did anybody else? Anybody else chime in? 
I know that we talked about this earlier, but our friend Shane also sent a message in saying that he likes using Canva, that it's really helpful for him in his work. And I thought it was funny that he thought that he was basic for using Canva. Shane, we don't think you're basic. Lots of people, no. including including us, use Canva for our work. And I think that you're smart to utilize that tool. I mean, like Gary V says, use your strengths. Double and, down on your strengths. Yeah. yeah, double down on your strengths. And if you're not good at designing and you want to use the templates that are available to you, I think that that's, that's being smart. That's not being basic. Yeah, Shane does some awesome stuff. So I wouldn't, wouldn't run from using you know, tools like Canva at all. Definitely not. I have a few more tools that I would like to plug. <laughs> are these sponsors of the... Oh, well, I was just going to say the first one is has been a sponsor of my site for a few years. However, I, I use them... <laughs> I didn't realize we were paying bills with this episode. <laughs> They're not sponsoring the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your bills with this episode. <laughs> yes, my bills. <laughs> no, so they're not paying me to say this here on the podcast, but I've been working with this awesome company called Design Cuts for years now. I used them and was promoting them for about a year before they came, became my sponsor. It's a great company for basically any content creator, but basically what they sell are fonts and graphics bundled together at a really low rate. So embarrassing fact about me, like I, in the past, I had paid up to maybe like $125 for a single font, which sounds ridiculous, I'm sure, to some people. Like, mm. I don't know that I've ever paid that much for shoes, but for a font, it's okay. What was, do you remember the font? Yeah, actually, it ended up working out well for me because the font was called Carolina Black Pro or Pro Black. I, I always get it mixed up, but... It's For $125, you'd think it'd be a memorable name. Yeah, you would think. But it's a really pretty script font that I used in my signature at the bottom of my blog post for years when that was like a cool thing to do. And so many people would ask me what the name of this font was. And I signed up for an affiliate under a different company called My Fonts, which is where I was buying the expensive fonts from back in the day. And... I mean, I, I made back way more money than I spent just from referring other people to the name of that font, which is pretty that's cool. An, yeah. Actually, that's really cool. Affiliate marketing. Powerful. Mm. So, yeah, Design Cuts is awesome. Now I don't pay $125 for a font. Now I can get a bundle of, you know, 30 fonts for $30, which is a lot more affordable. And, um, yeah, that's why they're so awesome. All right, so I've got one more thing that I think is more powerful, even more powerful than people. And I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a Danny Tanner moment, but our brains, our minds, and our ability to make decisions and figure things out on our own is probably more powerful than any resource we could ever buy. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. You don't seem too convinced. No, I, I do. Are you asking me this because you feel like, because I may agree with you, that people oh, there's a surprise. <laughs> one time, <laughs> that because of the availability of answers and directions or help in our world, that people have gotten out of 
the sense of trusting themselves and maybe more reliant on others around them to help guide their practices. Yeah, I think that what has happened now is we've been exposed to experts in every field. So even if it's something that we feel really good about or really confident about, we're seeing other people out there flaunting that they're really good at the same thing. And then we might start to get the feeling that they know more than we do and that we should go to them or or hire them or ask them for their advice instead of just trusting that we have what it takes and that even if we do things in a different way, that that's, that's still okay. I think that so many people get hung up on the methodology of doing things. And I know that, you know, for certain things, there probably is a best way of doing it. But I'm just such a firm believer in do what works for you. Not to bring this back to Canva again. By the way, this episode is not sponsored by Canva. They probably will never sponsor this (laughs) based on their track record. Well, they send your words towards them. Now we're never going to have a chance at them. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and let us know what stood out to you the most. Looking forward to hearing from you. So what does this audience say about... <laughs> Should we go back to recording? Yeah. We just took a 15-minute detour. It's fine. <laughs> hey, you have to edit this part, not me. Yeah, so how do you want to launch into this? I got a way to launch into it, I think. Okay. You don't want to tell me? You just want to do it? And let me Let's just do it, it, yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right. So Steve, don't start. Don't don't just start by like. <laughs> don't just start, don't don't like introduce it because it's a boring topic. <laughs>